Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffitt, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, today, Neely Piazza, my friend, is here with me. How are you, Miss Neels? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> there isn't you that, go. Isn't that the correct um, English, the verbiage? When somebody says, how are you? You say, I am well. Isn't that correct? <laughs> I don't know. There's a whole grammar thing that I don't remember how it all works. <laughs> and we're probably bringing in well new grammar, grammar, right? And we're probably bringing in new <laughs> grammar that doesn't even make any sense because that's what we yeah. do today. We do nonsensical the stuff. English language and grammar is a total lost art at this point. That's not a fabulous interview that we have with Dr. Thomas, Thomas Cowan. Didn't you enjoy oh that? Oh my gosh, that was yeah that was that was amazing i really like him i really like him now there's going to be a lot of people that are like that's a bunch of sphincter news but i'm like well have (laughs) you done the research you know yeah i've had several people contact me and ask me questions about it and um try to not really drum up an argument but just asking questions and uh things like that and i've sent them to um, you know, other, other people and other evidence and things like that. I, I've had, had like, I think four or five people have contacted me and commented on that. So most of them were really excited about it and enjoyed it. And a couple of people had, um, had questions and wanted to know more and, um, wanted to know how to learn more and things like that. So that's, Awesome. We're getting the word out there and getting people to think and uh, giving them their power back. Right. Right. I was I was reading something today. So these are not my words. Uh, these are someone else's words. But it they were talking about how you get people to do things. And it said, you know, it's difficult to force humans to do something they don't want to do. Uh, because we're really uh, rebellious and stubborn beings, stubborn beings. Mm-hmm. So how do you get people to do what you want them to do? Uh, well, you need to get gullible participants who choose to go along with certain agendas, but they're going along unwittingly uh, to the real goals of the powers that be and and without the realization that they're being controlled. Um, and how they do this nearly is they, they lead people to believe that they're making informed choices and that the informed choices that they think that they're getting are going to improve their lives. But the question is, do they, right? Because we were talking about vaccines and rabies, uh, specifically and all of the different shots that go into the dogs. Um, and how do they get people? How do they get people to do the things that they wouldn't do without certain 
um, uh, uh, well, here's how they do it. They they without use, real knowledge. Well, that's right, what right, the right. government's doing to us right now. Right. right? So you They're use trying. yeah. You use the power of yeah. media programming through the mainstream news. You use celebrities. You use social media, and then you inject fear. If you don't do this, you're going to kill grandma. If you don't do this, you're going to kill your dogs. They're going to go out there and touch their nose to a dead animal. And that dead animal is going to give them rabies. Right. Right. And so this is known as problem reaction solution. You manufacture a problem or the appearance of a problem to get society to be influenced and react in a a specific way. And then you present a solution which was pre-planned before the problem was created and then you get society to believe that the solution will solve the problem and make everything better but yeah that's exactly what what's going on and people thank goodness people are catching on um but are they they? (laughs) well more more and more people i think are at least starting to think that something something ain't right and you know it's getting harder and harder to um dig up what's real it's getting harder and harder to figure out who's telling the truth and who's not um everybody's uh truth radar is like totally out of practice so discernment is questionable people are having all kinds of problems with that and then they're also not they've been so programmed not to you know not to to actually think critically and use common sense and things like that that they're having trouble putting putting things together and coming up with their own conclusions they're just kind of like Finding somebody they like and follow following them blindly, which that's never a good idea. Right. Because I mean, like, there are some really um a charismatic uh liars out there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Highly for charismatic sure. people. There, you know, and that that and there's I mean, people that are there's people that are pretending or or you know, say they're on our side and talk a good game and um seem to make sense on the surface but you know and the way to do that is to you know say mostly true things but interject that 10 or 15 percent of falseness to have you know to have you believe that and and follow that so um it's really it's getting harder and harder and you know, if you're buying books, people buy buy the hard copy. Don't unless it's just a stupid entertainment novel or something. Buy the hard copy because they can change uh, digital books at the touch of a button. Boom. So, yeah. So I was listening to Thomas Cowan, uh, Doctor Tom Cowan, Thomas Tom, uh, and he and he said, "How do you know that something is real? How do how do you know?" That something is real. And he said, one, through direct experience, okay? Like when we're feeding a raw diet, we know that the dogs do better because you can actually see it, feel it, smell it. 
okay, through direct experience. Um, Or he said through science. But you have to know the methods, what methods are determining what you find and if it's really there. So that's one of the things that he really does look at is science. What is it? What methods are determining what you find and if it's really there, right? So he was talking about- Science has gone completely off the rails. Right. And if you really listen how they determine things, uh, you're like, what? So, you know, just things don't make sense. And I think that once we start being okay with looking at stuff that doesn't make sense, when we get really set in our box that says, this is the way it is, you cannot hear anything else. Next door. Okay. Next door is oh my like God. the biggest police state in the world. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, up here in the mountains, they're mostly talking about uh, mountain lions and this and that. They talk about a lot of things. But I saw this one and they said they heard gunshots at night and they were concerned. And somebody said, well, they're probably scaring away a mountain lion or a bear. And, and uh, then it went into, well, if I'm going to protect my dogs, I'm going to protect my dogs and I'm going to shoot that mountain lion or I'm going to shoot that bear. And then to protect myself, I'm going to scratch myself with the mountain lion's paws and say it was trying to attack me. And that's why I shot it. Okay. So that's the preface, which is insane in itself. But then somebody came on this man and he said, don't scratch yourself with a dead mountain lion's paws. You're going to get rabies. Okay, that whole that whole thing is completely ridiculous. And I said, "Well, um, I uh, uh, you will not get rabies from scratching yourself with a paw." And he said, "What are you, some biologist? Who do you think you are?" Blah 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 blah. And he said, "What are you, some expert?" And I said, "Well, I'm pretty versed in pet health and pet disease." And I said. And he, and he went off and he said, regardless, you know, I said, scratch yourself or don't scratch yourself. I don't really care what you do with the dead mountain lion's paw, but you're not going to get rabies. And this made this man <laughs> extremely mad. To which I said, I just was hoping that maybe you wouldn't be so worried. And and well, and, whole- and and just me saying that, just me saying, you will not get rabies. From a dead mountain lion's claws. Now, might not be the healthiest thing for you to do. And I find that silly to scratch yourself. Just scratch yourself with your own damn claws. But um, but that really made him mad. Because he, he wanted to believe that rabies can be uh, contracted. And then, you know, obviously we talked to Thomas Cowan about rabies. But, um, yeah. It's 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 difficult. Whether it's hydrolyzed protein, whether it's kibble, whether it's getting rabies from from dead mountain lions' claws, people get really angry when you present well, a different story. That goes back to you know if if you can't show proof of rabies vaccination, the animal is automatically rabid. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, there, ra- rabies it doesn't it isn't even on the North 
American continent anymore. I mean, it's basically been Canada's been declared itself rabies free. It's not even a legitimate concern anymore. So I was And what reading- did Tom say? He's like fifty-four out of or fifty-two out of sixty-four or something like that of the past uh human rabies cases in the in the past fifty years or whatever. 90% of them had not even had any contact at all with any animal. I mean, come on, people. Yeah. So how how does that work? Right. I was I was reading uh John do you know John Fudens? F U D E N S. No. Um he he has an article that he wrote back in December uh 2021 for Dogs Naturally and the title of the article is The Big Scam, Rabies Vaccination, okay? And he really lays it out, really lays it out and, you know, talks about that there, when you really look at the numbers, if you were to go to your county and and ask, you know, let me see the numbers of, of you know, Rabies. So he said from 1964 to 1989, there were no cases of rabies in cats in um, in Florida, Pinellas County. Magically, in 1989, when there were no cases of rabies in cats, a law was passed mandating rabies vaccinations and tags and licenses for all cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see? Right. He said, uh, since the 1989 law, there was one cat with rabies contracted from the bite of a bat. And in this article in Big Bold Letters. Supposedly. He said, do you readers really understand what I've just stated? This is standard throughout the county. No allowance is made for dogs or cats who never leave the house or the yard, who could never be exposed to rabies under any circumstances. Or who are so ill or old at the end of their life cycles that the rabies vaccine would throw them over the edge? He said, no, no, no. All dogs and cats are treated the same because we have the boogeyman rabies stalking the streets waiting to strike unprotected dogs and cats. Um, he said the the vaccines, particularly rabies, are a uh, political an economic scam being forced upon pet owners because they do not know the truth. And he said, rabies nationwide is nowhere near the problem. The veterinarians, the media, the politicians, and the bureaucrats would like for you to believe. And he said, if you wish more of the truth, go to your local city or county government and look up the codes and statutes concerning vaccines and rabies. Get the figures from local animal control for rabies and dogs and cats and wildlife in your area. And he said, only then can you start to fight back and take control of your life. And most importantly, protect your pet from the only dreaded disease that is important. Um, He said, special interest groups pushing their program, leading to vaccine-induced damage immune system. Yep. There, there, I, I just, that, that's, that is a tough one for people to get their 
arms around. You know, I was talking to um, a customer the other day and they're from Oklahoma, my state. Uh, They knew my family actually, but she moved to Colorado Springs and she said, you know, I'm really considering doing the lepto uh, vaccine. I said, oh God, I know. I said, why, 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 why? Well, because, because there's so much more wildlife here. And I said, it doesn't work. And it's like next to rabies is the most dangerous one out there. Well, it, it was funny, Neely's, Neely, when I was looking at this leptospirosis, um, they were saying, if your dog gets this, it's, you know, it destroys their uh, kidneys, I believe. And I'm like, yeah, but doesn't the vaccine do the same thing? Haven't we seen and and looked at the reports of how many dogs actually get uh, very sick and 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 debilitated if they take this vaccine? It is a some huge... of them drop dead on the spot. There's been several occasions of that too. The dog just falls over dead right on the spot. But you know, they'll never uh, tell you that. No, and it it, it it's just. It's just, we have to really start looking, guys. We have to really start looking at what, as Dr. Thomas Cowan said, what, how do you know the truth? How do well, you know the truth? And some, something else he said that made me super happy because I've been saying it for years. He said a vaccine is 100% guaranteed damage, some more than others, and zero protection. How yeah. long have you, you've heard me say that ever since you've known me. I've been saying that forever. And he, he said the same thing, exactly the same thing, almost the same way I say it. And it's like, okay, here's a, here's a retired doctor that was in practice for, for over 40 years, in emergency room and family practice. And you know, the re you know, the, the reason that he, um, um, uh, changed his uh residency let's see i can't remember exactly how it went but he saw vaccine damage in children a particular child and um the the um the administration or whatever refused to acknowledge it and he's like i can't be a part of this and left somebody asked me the other day why I thought that the suicide rate was so high in the veterinary industry. And I said, well, cognitive dissonance every day of your life, seeing something, knowing that you cannot affect change because you're in this, you know, gag order, sort of, so to speak. I mean, how do you, how do you? Yeah, there's that. And then there's also, I mean, you've seen how people, how irate people get with you. It's the same with, with vets you know they can't fix anything because they're going with the allopathic conventional model which doesn't do anything but make everything worse and so you have um owners coming back coming back at them you know the same way we have people coming at us for i mean plus the like what you just said cognitive dissonance um but you know that's and it's stressful and there's a lack of vets at this point in time and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of factors, but you know, if people are so weak of character that they can't 
see that they've been lied to and they were wrong and change their ways and change their opinions, there's something wrong. I mean, as much as I disagree with Dr. Becker on a lot of things, I give her credit for that because she did realize some of the things that were going on were definitely harmful and she changed her mind and she changed her, her ways and promoted it. Spay neuter basically is what I'm talking about. Um, so I give her total props for that. You know, she was big enough and strong enough to admit that, but you know, people, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, there's a lot of external factors and a lot of things people can't help, but you have to you you have to find your own power and stand up for what's right. And if you're not strong enough to do that, I don't know what to say. So what does this sound like, Neely? This sounds like something that we're hearing in the human side, but um, check this out. So many lepto infections, okay, aren't really lepto. Uh, and this is coming from another article, and it says many dogs who are diagnosed with lepto don't really have it. Why? Because they've been vaccinated for lepto. And they said yep. once your dog is vaccinated for lepto, diagnostic blood test will no longer work. So if you bring your sick dog into the vet clinic and they test for lepto and he's been vaccinated for it, the test will be positive for lepto, whether he has it or not because the blood test can't tell the difference between the antibody in the vaccine and the real disease. Well, and we touched on this earlier too. None of those tests are accurate. I mean, nobody knows what they're really testing for. Nobody knows what they're really telling you. They're, they're, it's, that's why, you know, people that want to go to the vet every year and get baseline blood tests and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, why? It's meaningless. Mm -hmm. It's totally, it doesn't tell you anything. It's one, it's one, one instant in time that gives you some numbers that God only knows what they mean. There's no validity, no real validity to any of that. You know, if your dog is sick, you can tell. Here, here's the other thing about lepto. In this article, it said serovars matter. Serovars, meaning the different types, okay? So what the vaccine manufacturers don't mention is that the newer vaccines only protect against four, four of yeah. And the, oh. if you listen to Dr. Schultz, who was the most well-respected veterinary immunologist in this century, he said bacterial quote unquote bacterial diseases are not vaccinatable. Period. End of story. Straight from the horse's mouth. So you know that leaves it open to say that viral diseases are vaccinatable in his from where he's come from but again we're playing by his rules but even he says that so why are we why are we even have this argument about um well and then giardia and rattlesnake bites and bordetella and all this other ridiculous stuff that they want to vaccinate against that i mean it's it's ridiculous and then the whole point is to mount an antibody response. Well, antibodies are not specific anyway. So all you're doing is poisoning your dog for no reason. So Dr. Pat Patricia Jordan says this about um, the lepto vaccine. She says, if your dog is vaccinated for lepto, 
the antigens in the vaccines do the same harm to the immune system as possibly a natural infection. There have been cases of dogs having to go through dialysis also to save them and no leptospirea were found. The reason? The damage from the antigens in the vaccinations are just as capable as causing the disease pathology. Yep. Not sure of any vaccine. Yeah, and 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 it and it also says if you decide to vaccinate your dog from for lepto, he'll com- he'll he, he's going to be unprotected for up to nine months out of the year. It's a very short duration, so you're actually putting your dog in harm's way when you get that vaccine. But if you were actually getting informed consent, okay, by the vet, informed consent, then you would know this. You would you would have that choice. Hey, this is only going to be protect. Uh, it only has four different serovars out of 230. Okay. We don't even know if they're prevalent in the area. Uh, then your dog's only going to be protected three months out of the year. And uh, your dog could die uh, and have to go on or go on dialysis because the vaccine does the same damage as natural exposure. So- um, what would you like to do? Would you would you like to move forward with that vaccination? I think most pet parents would say, oh, heck no, I'm not doing it. Well, and that even bypasses the proven fact that um, organisms like that, viruses, for one, viruses don't exist, and bacteria in whatever form do not cause disease. So there's no such thing as a pathogenic bacteria. So what are we even worried about in the first place? Well, you're worried right? about your dog touching the nose of a of an infected skunk because we know that dogs and skunks touch noses often. But whatever. Yeah. So everybody needs to take a deep breath and re-educate themselves on what is really going on. Yeah, it it's says not what you've been told. And it said, but wait, there's more. And then we'll get off the subject. Vaccinating your dog with the leptospirosis vaccine can destroy the kidneys in 48 hours. And as you said, Neely, in some cases cause um, death right away and can cause untreatable dermatitis. Dermatitis. So uh, the damage from lepto vaccination to your dog's immune system includes the risk of cancer. Okay, and um, yeah, can also cause allergies, asthma, uh, anaphylaxis, and death. Okay, good talk. (laughs) (laughs) I've been accused of being a fear mongerer for um, questioning the validity of a lot of the medical issues. And I'm like, really? I would think that that's the other way around. They're fear-mongering you into giving something toxic. All right. So I have a question here. Uh, These are from our friends up in Canada, Niels, Haley, and Vivian. Uh, They listen to the podcast. Now, this question is going to be about pyrometria. Okay. So uh, they have a black lab uh, and Vivian is the dog. She'll be three in November. She's never had a bite of kibble. Way to go. Way to go. All right. Haley. Uh, she said, except for her breeder, and she hasn't had any 
except with her breeder. The breeder must have given her kibbles. But she hasn't uh, had any vaccines except for what the breeder gave her as a puppy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and they they have used um, many of the adored bee, uh, beast products. Um, so this three-year-old lab is not spayed. And she doesn't want to get her fixed because um, she wants her to have those hormones that are necessary uh, beyond reproduction. But she said, here's her concern. Haley's concern is that for every heat cycle she goes through and as she gets older, she's worried about facing the risk of pyrometria. So the question is, is there any win-win answer where she can eliminate or significantly reduce her risk of pyrometria with diet or with another holistic approach? Pyometria. I'm putting an R in there where there shouldn't be an R. I know. I wasn't going to bring it up. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to point out it. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, so you can always two- call me out. You can always call me out. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So there's two kinds of pyometria. And yeah, it can be a risk if you, with an intact dog, but it, it's, one of those things that again the whole scare tactic thing they try to scare you into spaying your dog um to avoid that risk and every heat cycle as far as i'm aware i'm not an expert on this i do have intact females and have had for years and have not had a problem but you do want to be aware that it can be an issue but so uh, um the best thing you can do is just keep them healthy and away from toxins which is what you're already doing but um, it can easily be treated with homeopathy. Um, I would, um, you know, try to find a, um, homeopathic vet that you can, um, you can talk to about that. But, you know, the biggest danger is if it's closed, then it's all happening with, inside the uterus with with no outlet and so it just the pus just builds and builds and builds if it's open you'll see a discharge they'll also tell you that every heat cycle they'll go through they have a higher chance a larger chance of developing this kind of cancer or that kind of cancer and there's been multiple studies show that um that's not necessarily true you know some cancers are higher in in uh spade some are higher and unspayed and but they don't i don't think any of them took into account diet and vaccine status and um other medical intervention status either so it's really pretty um pretty up in the air if there is any um advantage at all to to spaying so I mean, and I always say, if you don't, if there's not a, if there's not a, a clear answer, go with nature and nature would say, keep all your parts. All right, Haley. And here's the other thing, Haley, you can always sign up to do a consult with Miss Neely Piazza. Super easy. Um, Neely, what's your website now? Animal wholeness, animal, whole animal, whole animal wellness.com. Whole animal. You got the whole. Not the H-O-L, but the W-H-O-L, wholeanimalwellness.com. Okay, here's another question for you. Um, So a pet parent um, has a dog who has been licking his back feet. So what I noticed um, 
and uh, kind of asking some questions about this dog was that they were using an Epsom salt rinse and to clean the dog's feet. And I said, well, let's not do that anymore. And let's see if it changes. I mean, could it be that the Epsom salt is burning the feet? Could it be that the dog just likes licking it? I mean, there's, could it be that he's got back pain because it's just the back feet? Um, what do you say about an Epsom salt rinse? And do you feel that there is a need to actually clean a dog's feet every single time it comes in from outdoors? Um, I, I that whole Epsom salt rinse thing it keeps coming up. Well, it comes up a lot for me, and I don't understand where people get it. Um, no, I would not do that. Um, you know, if it's and that's a loaded question, you know, what's your dog walking on? Is it winter? Is he walking on salted sidewalks? Do you live in a complex? Is he walking on? pesticides and herbicides in the grass i mean you know i don't i don't know so if you're gonna if you're gonna clean their feet then just clean them with just straight up water and rinse them off and dry them off um and a good port i mean one of my dogs does this too i mean sometimes that whole licking the feet thing doesn't mean anything it's a behavioral habit it just turns into a habit um, you know, if they're chewing their pads off or, um, you know, biting themselves silly or driving themselves crazy or something like that, then that's one thing, but there's just any number of things that can, that, that can cause stuff like that. And so I, you know, it kind of matters what it's from and if it's actually anything wrong or if it's just a habit. I mean, can you distract them from doing it? Can you, Mabel goes into a trance and just like licks her licks. She just goes into a trance. Sometimes I have to touch her to get her out of it. And she's like, oh, and then she stops. There's nothing wrong with her feet. There's nothing wrong with her diet. There's nothing wrong with her, with her body. There's nothing wrong with her. She just, it's just a habit. It's like a a self-soothing kind of thing. Well, it's sort of like somebody biting their nails, chewing their nails. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, half the time. They don't even know they're doing it. Now, you know, there can be problems. It can be, you know, they could be irritated or something like that. But and then also it can be neck pain. You know, sometimes that motion of licking, which I think is how it started with her. But the the motion of licking like that is um, kind of pain relieving to the to the neck. Possibilities are endless as to what could be the root of something like that. But the the. Bottom line is, don't use Epsom salts. If you're going to rinse your feet, rinse them in water. Um, is it an issue or is it just annoying? I mean, right. are they rubbing themselves raw? Are they scratching themselves crazy? Are they digging holes in their pads? Or is it just annoying? All right, so here's the next question. And people, I, I just want to see how you're going to answer this because I think I might answer it a different way than you. Well, there are a lot of people that give pumpkin to their dogs and I don't because I don't like that sugar, but maybe you don't think it's a big deal. What do you think about pumpkin that goes into dog's food? I usually advise against it, but you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, it, a lot of times if you have diarrhea or constipation, it works, but, but you know, you got that, 
high starch, high high sugar. You know, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't think it's evil or anything, but I don't normally recommend it. So, and certainly not on a consistent basis. Just putting it yeah. in their food to put it in their food. There's so many other things that you can you can use that are better. I don't see the point. All right. What about carrots? What do you think about that? So it depends on what you're doing it for. If you're just giving a random treat, then um, it's fine. Most dog likes carrot. Most dogs like carrots. Most dogs like blueberries. I I say take a carrot and slice it into little tiny coins and just you know. Usually when you're giving a treat just for a treat, it's just a it's just a bonding moment. A lot of times they don't really even care what it is. Um, if you're training, that's something different. You need to have several layers of of higher to lower value treats. So you need to discern what they really like and what, what they'll work for and um, what they won't. If you're just saying, um, Hey Rover, I love you. They, you know, it doesn't really care. It doesn't really matter. You're not going to get a whole lot of nutritional value out of it. Cause if you look, it'll come back out the same way it went in. Now, if you're, you're including it as part of your veg portion and you know, you grind it up and most, it with the rest of it you're significantly increasing your sugar content so if you have any issues at all you want to be careful of that but again not something that i would do on a for nutritional reasons on a regular basis but definitely better than some other options if you would like to work with neely piazza and i think that you should take the time to work with neely um, certainly about all of these different issues that come up that maybe you're unclear on. She can help you think differently. Get over to Neely's website. It is wholeanimalwellness.com. You can also find her in my experts section. Uh, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com. Hey, listen, go over to our Facebook page. We weren't active on it all during the uh, COVID thing for uh, various and sundry reasons, but uh, we are active over there now. We post all the podcasts. Uh, we post some different things, so it's a great site to get back on. It's Raw Dog Food and Company. That is our Facebook page. Get your dog on a species-appropriate diet because here at Raw Dog Food and Company, your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.